Welcome to the Block Party Podcast. I am Peter Fleischer. Zach Warner. Another day. Another day, another week of sports, uh, you know, pop culture, whatever we're bringing your way. And it's a good episode uh, this afternoon. Some surprises on the way. Zach's got some stuff in store that I don't know about. And uh, we got a lot of good content. So we're going to start, though, on a somber note for me as a St. Louisan, as the St. Louis Rams are no more. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, kind of one of the things you called it a long time ago. I think I was on your team, too, that it just seemed Kroenke wanted out too bad. Like, too, you know, he's just too... He was hell bent. He was hell bent on getting that team out of St. Yeah. Louis. So, rest in peace. Um, I guess first and foremost, the most kind of resounding impact of that move is how it will affect the city that you and I both grew up in. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens as far as you know. I, I think the, one of the MLS owners tweeted something like MLS two STL, which would be cool. Maybe they, that, I think they could definitely do that. I don't know where they play now, but. Um, I'm interested to see what happens, like, like with the fan base. I think it's good for the Blues and Cardinals because that just means a, some more money for people to kind of maybe invest in Rams instead of Rams season tickets. Now they'll be like, ah, I'll go to more Blues games this year, more Cardinals games. Yeah, I mean, the immediate impact obviously is losing thousands of jobs, um, which is you know, it's never good. And St. Louis is not doing great as a city already, losing population, uh, not a city with a ton of burgeoning uh, economy or jobs so it's frustrating for the city the thing that bothers me the most and we can kind of get into this in detail there's a lot of of ideas out there that well st louis is not an nfl city or st louis can't support an nfl team and i think that is such bull crap i hate the idea that st louis couldn't support the rams if the rams were good because i think that they could yeah, no, I I don't disagree with that at all, and I I hated the people that were talking about the attendance and stuff when it's like, dude, they haven't had a 500 season, over 500 season in what, like 11 years? Yeah, like, 11 years, the second longest streak in the NFL. Like I'm that. firmly on the team of, if your team is garbage, and your owners are not making it better, you're not improving, then don't show up. You shouldn't give them money anyways. Like, I know it's hard to say that, but... Um, I think that's just you, what you have to do in order for the team to, you know, finally say, okay, we need to make a, put a better product on the field. And there's a few kind of aspects that magnify the fact that the Rams suck. Uh, first of all, I think the attendance figures are overblown. The Rams were last in attendance. They've been, you know, toward the bottom of attendance. Uh, in the last couple of years, why would you, like you alluded to, why would a Rams fan go and give money to Stan Kroenke when he's clearly not invested in the city? I think that that has a big factor to do with their attendance, but also the Edwards Jones Dome, the Edward Jones Dome, on top of being just a trash heap, has the eighth smallest venue size in the NFL. So when you see these uh, flat totals for attendance, it's not how much the stadium is filled up. It's how many people are going to the stadium. And if you have a smaller stadium, you're naturally going to have smaller attendance figures. I think right off the bat, that's misleading. If they were good, they'd fill that thing up. And to be honest, the Edward Jones Dome is literally the probably the main reason I was never a Rams fan. Like, moved there and you know, 04, I guess it was. So it was after their good years. But every time I went to a game, it just like, it's not a fun atmosphere. It's not a cool environment. No, yeah. It's just kind of a weird part of downtown. I just... 
So I never got into it. And so I was actually kind of maybe excited for a new stadium, new, you know, new look, new kind of new branding and stuff. But, um, yeah, it sucks that they're on their way out. And I just want to, again, another stat here. Uh, if we're talking an objective stat, which Stan Kroenke does not appear to be totally interested in, um, when the Rams were good, top five, top seven attendance every single year that they've made the playoffs or even come close to the playoffs. I looked as far back as 2004, the last time they made the playoffs. Uh, they were top 10 in attendance in the NFL. And that's with, again, a small venue uh, that their team plays in. So I just think it's such BS that they couldn't, that they can't support it. Um, the city of St. Louis and, and the people that kind of brought the Rams to St. Louis, like you mentioned, started them off on a really poor foot, putting them in the Edwards, Edward Jones Dome, which was never nice. And then the fact that they've been so bad with Kroenke, their winning percentage under Stan Kroenke, 0.38. Yep. So they average six wins a season, six and ten record with Stan Kroenke as the majority owner. No one would support that. No yeah, one. I agree completely. Yeah, they're just, it was a garbage uh, franchise the last ten years, and they finally started getting some good pieces in the draft, and they were looking, trending upwards for sure, but I'm sure that'll suck if um, they start being good. I think I mentioned it to you last night. It would suck if they like or like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I'm 12 prepared. and 4 in two years or something. But on the same token, I will also say this. St. Louis is kind of like I don't. I was trying to compare it, like just thinking about it. But the first thing, obviously, I straight go into dating. You know, I go girls, dudes. That's kind of my comparison. St. Louis is basically the dude who's mad at his girlfriend because his girlfriend leaves him, he dumps him, she dumps him, and that girl was a girl that he stole from another dude, anyways. So that like they benefited from a team moving, and now they're mad that it kind of happened to them. I know Kroenke's bad, and that's all messed up, but. And especially when I, you know, was it 2012 when he had that big speech where he said, I'm going to try my damnest to keep this team in yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, But uh, the end, at the end, NFL is just all about dollars and cents. Yep, and they want to get back in L.A. And, and ultimately, like I said, I think a lot of the culpability here falls to the city of St. Louis for not having a better stadium initially and not getting one ready uh, later on. But it's just a crappy situation, especially for anyone who loves St. Louis. I love the Rams, um, but I can't support them now, so... I'm a free agent. Anybody wants me with their squad, um, I'm wide open. I am wide open. I think I'm going to get you the Chiefs after we knock off <clears throat> Matt Stark's Pats this weekend. Um, so if they if they knock off the Pats, I will root for the Chiefs next year. Sweet. I'll sign that in blood. Yes. I'll put that. Awesome. Which is a very smooth segue into uh, us previewing the NFL divisional games. And the Chiefs and Pats are the first one up, right? The first yeah. game played on Saturday. Yeah, yeah they're the, the 335 kickoff um i'm so excited that the chiefs won that was that was awesome to watch them finally get a playoff win and they definitely won in pretty good fashion man how bad is brian hoyer Um, man okay i was so mad and uh i didn't want to like tweet this out in hindsight and be one of those guys like oh i really did call it because i like the texans going up and then right that morning um i woke up and i got the chiefs at minus two and a half you were out of town. I texted you. Like I got on confirm. the bandwagon, I can't but confirm. I supported the Texans, so I had to fall on that sword. Yeah, I had no. to. I had to take a loss on that one. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a really cool game to watch them win. I was still a little nervous at halftime when they were. Uh, I think they were up thirteen zero, and they yeah yeah thirteen and, and Hoyer had had four turnovers, and I was like, man, we're only up basically two scores. This is a little scary, but they came out and kind of took care of business, and JJ Watt was kind of hobbling the whole time, so. 
it was kind of a, a good win just to get that monkey off the shoulder. What do you call it? The, is it the monkey off your back? Monkey off your back. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, there's the phrase. But um, I just love our defense, so I'm really hoping we can make Tom Brady uncomfortable. Maybe we'll have a shot that way, but Pat's getting all healthy with an extra week scares me. So I'm interested to see what the Chiefs game plan is with Gronkowski. The Jeremy Macklin thing concerns me the most. That offense, yeah. it, it, look, the difference between the Chiefs this year and last year is pretty simple it's Jeremy Macklin and they were a lot better this year uh I love Jeremy Macklin went to school with Jeremy Macklin had class with Jeremy Macklin he's a good dude a better football player I if he's not I mean look I've seen reports he's not practicing if he's not close to 100% and he can't be productive I don't see any way that they win that game yeah no I'm just hoping that he's like 80 to 90 and they uh, put, what's his name, Super Bowl hero Malcolm last year, Butler. Butler, on him. And then maybe that gives a little bit more for people like Travis Kelsey and Chris Conley, who had a nice little TD catch last weekend. But um, uh, I'm excited for, for the game. It's a that 3.30 game. Going to have so much dips, so much bruise in me. Um, probably just go ahead and get a couple IVs, one, <laughs> one on the left arm, one on the right, and just, just get ready for that game. Uh does it play into your mindset, like your optimism or lack thereof for this game that the Chiefs waxed the Pats last time they saw them? I guess a little bit, but that was that could also be like more fuel for the Pats too, but I feel like they used that as fuel last year. That was kind of their turnaround game last year on their trip to the Super Bowl and getting that dub, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm hoping for a couple of good breaks and just keep not turning the ball over, and that's that's the way we've been winning lately, so hopefully we just keep doing it. I just hope that, I mean, the the Chiefs have the pass rushers, whether or not Houston's healthy. They still should have the pass rushers to get to Brady. Um, they kind of remind me a little bit of the old Ravens teams that had a lot of rushers, not only off the edge, but in the interior of the line. Yeah, yeah. And then they can kind of do ball control uh, and really bother Brady even at home. But, it, again, if Macklin's not healthy, I just don't see – Charkandrick West and Travis Kelsey beating the Pats. Yeah, no, with two weeks to prepare. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I'm excited and I'm just super pumped to be watching playoff football with the Chiefs after starting one and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a season which you called for them to tank. Yep, I did. And they haven't lost since. Yeah. So tank away, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what's the next game on that Saturday? Steelers Broncos. So they're doing AFC NFC again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, this game is weird. It's I think the line's up to seven now. Um, I think there's no way in hell that Ben, Big Ben, is going to have any kind of throwing power. Like you know, in Madden, when there's an injury and they subtract points for for what your uh, you know ac- you know ratings are on each thing. Like his throwing power's got to be like down twenty five or something. Granted, he's just a big dude and he's always been able to play through crazy injuries but there's no way that especially with Denver having such a strong D I feel like Denver should coast on this one yeah I uh I kind of like the Steelers before the injury I think people really are forgetting how horrendous Peyton Manning was um so they see him that he's gonna start and he's got two weeks to prepare and that's awesome but he was the worst quarterback in football before he got injured so If Roethlisberger's somewhat healthy and Antonio Brown is somewhat healthy, I would roll with the Steelers again. Uh, but I just think, yeah, the the Broncos apply so much heat to the quarterback. How is – the dude's got a separated shoulder. He's got torn ligaments in his shoulder, yeah. right? And throwing gonna, shoulder. Yeah, 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 not, yeah. Not, not the other one, his actual throwing shoulder. Like, 
he is going to be having the arm strength of Matt Castle. He's a big, tough son of a bee. But <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, he's he's human. He's still yeah. human. I yeah. think. Yeah. Part Clydesdale, but he. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it. And then, uh, even further hindering the Steelers' offense, D'Angelo Williams again probably not going to play. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand how they're going to score points. Yeah, they're on their what, third. They're three best with yeah. Williams, Brown, and Roethlisberger hurt. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that game to see if Broncos can actually um, take care of business on one they feel like they should. But you know, hopefully it's a good game just for the uh, entertainment value. One of those games too, where the Steelers knocked the Broncos off earlier this year and uh, and did it in kind of alarming fashion, where you know the Broncos had the lead and the Steelers come roaring back and kind of steal one. I wonder if that helps the Broncos. They've kind of got them in their crosshairs and they're pissed off from the uh, the bad loss. Earlier. And you got to think that Tomlin had to kind of pull all the tricks out that game because they were still fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the Broncos yeah. were too technically, but I feel like it's one of those games where it's not like a Popovich Belichick game where he's hiding his big plays for possibly the playoffs. Like he had to pull some stuff out. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. On to the NFC. Uh, the first game is Packers Cardinals, right? Yep. It's in the desert. No, actually, the well that that game's the night game because Seahawks is a noon game. But we can talk about that one first. But yeah, so Cardinals Packers, uh, just so freaking mad we bet against a Raj. We, we even we said both, it. Yeah, we both called it like, yeah, hey, we shouldn't do this, but whatever. And um, I I knew the skins would disappoint even at home, and you know Kirk Cousins would do Kirk Cousins things. But. See, but it made me so. Freaking salty to watch that. As soon as Deshaun Jackson, we were watching live here at our house, and I turned to Corey and said, I don't think Deshaun Jackson got in. That's one of the dumbest plays ever. Uh, and, of course, they run it back. Deshaun Jackson doesn't break the, the pylon with the football. He easily could have um, if he just you know puts it in his, in his forward hand. Um, just the dumbest play ever. And as soon as that happened... I just felt sick about betting on the Redskins. Yeah. There was one team that had been there before and one team that clearly did not know how to handle a playoff game. Even with a turnover and the safety and the good field position and all of that, and you're only up 11 nothing after all that, I just uh, it was yeah, it was over at yeah. that point. Um, I still think I'm not going to bet on this one probably. I'll probably stay away just because I, I don't want to get burned twice. But... I still think Cardinals should win this game. They're they're playing pretty dang good. They killed Palmer's, the Packers yeah, earlier this year. Palmer's been really good, and their defense is, is pretty stout too. I uh, I don't really like any of the lines for these. We'll get to that later in the week, but none of them really like jumped out as as stuff that I wanted to put money down on. Yeah, there's there's like the Pats. I think is five. Steelers seven. I think this game is seven as well. And then the Panthers, Seahawks is a two and a half or three, I think. So yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't have any same. Like I didn't have any gut. Like, ooh, I should take that, or you know. So I, I agree with you there. How shocked would you be, scale of one to ten, if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers make it to the Super Bowl? I'd be really shocked. Like probably like an eight, because that would mean they'd beat the Cardinals, and then they would have to go beat either the Seahawks or the Panthers. They'd have to beat a team that's playing red hot, like the Panthers have been all year, or they'd have to beat. The Seahawks, who are just stout as heck, but that'd be kind of cool because then the Seahawks and Pack- Packers play last NFC Championship, so that'd be a cool. And the matchup. Packers should have beat them. That yeah. was when the Packers choked away that last that last second lead, and Russell Wilson said that God was a Seahawks fan, and yeah, yada yada. Yeah. But yeah, they, the the Packers easily could have been playing for and winning the Super Bowl last year. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. the playoffs. It's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Um, 
it's so I guess that we can just segue that into the Packers like Seahawks talk I guess so, yeah I Seahawks mean, Panthers yes, our last yeah. game it's, yeah, it's Panthers whoops um, Seahawks Panthers got to be the best matchup of the weekend the line is obviously the smallest but I think it's just a cool um, you know matchup with a a team that's playing hot. A team Two teams that don't like each other, yeah. which always makes the always yeah, they've been makes playing, the game They've better. been playing in the playoffs, I feel like, a decent amount in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, it's got to kill in the ratings as long as it's just a good close game and you know gutsy win by Seattle last week. Um, I know they got lucky with that chip shot, but I have start, like I used to hate Richard Sherman, and I really don't anymore because he's kind of calmed down and just let his game do more of the talking. But my new guy I don't like on the Seahawks is Cam Chancellor. I don't know if you heard his post-game thing. Um, but it drove me crazy. He was like, oh, we knew they'd blow it and that we'd win. Uh, like, it was just like the biggest douchebag comic. Can I say douchebag? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Cool. Douche away, dude. Douche away. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was hilarious because it came – He they had like the three stars of the game. And they had Russell um, Lockett and him up there. And literally like Russell was right before him. And it, it, they're just polar opposite. Russ is just so great with the media and like keeping up this clean, good image and – it, but um, good root for a good game, and then also, um, you know, I'm kind of a Seahawks fan now that uh, you know got the girlfriend who hails from the PNW. Can we get a, can we get on a tangent real quick? Do you feel okay? I want to talk about Blair Walsh because I feel like it's too crazy. I saw a bunch of stats about how it's the shortest game-winning kick that anyone has ever blown. Yikes! Like there were all these, you know, the, the historic kicks that people have missed. And his was the shortest to win a game that anyone has ever missed. One, do you think that he is a victim? Like, do you feel bad? You know, the the hold was off. They get laces in and all that stuff. It was very, very cold. Zimmer iced him, whatever. Two, if you were his teammate as a dude that plays sports or played sports at a high level, could you ever, like, look at him the same? Could you come back from that? Um, I think it... Uh, that's tough. I I don't think he's that much of a victim. I mean, it's a short kick. He's you know, but that's that's the thing too. Like they missed like a record number of extra points, and those are like dummies. Like obviously it's down the middle, or it's like twenty five yarder. But that was shorter than an extra yeah. point. It was um it was almost one of those things where I knew it was gonna happen too. Like Kate was getting ready for like dinner. We were in our hotel in New York, and I was watching it. And she, I was like, "Do you want me to like scream in the bathroom if they win or lose?" And she like, "No, just don't. I just don't want to. I don't want to know." And I saw it, and I was just like, wow. But um, I think I would. Wait, 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 but back up. Was she excited? Did yeah, she, she was like, wow. Like, she was out. just like, wow. Okay, well, so she, she, she basically checked out, but, but you know, because that's why she went in the shower. It's yeah, like, you yeah. know, it's over. I'm going to go get ready. But um, the the craziest thing to me, is, and no one really talks about, besides I saw that Colin Coward go ham on that Minnesota fan, was that, Minnesota should have won that game by a lot more. They were totally to blame. You can't just blame one kick like at the end that obviously should have won it. I I can and I am. But I am blaming dude, that one kick. They like they didn't score a touchdown at home in the playoffs and like they got Adrian Peterson averaged two yards a rush and then had a fumble. Like, good lord! Like, I try they, to think of it like this: like if you or me went to work tomorrow and we screwed up a very routine part of our day. Like you, you were on a sales call and you were about to seal the biggest deal. This dude wants to give you your business. This is a layup. And you told him to go F himself. Like that's the equivalent like of a routine, the easiest part of your job. And you screw that up. I agree. I mean, it's like, like you're a... walking by your desk, you trip and you 
Like, Give yourself 10 stitches in the head because yeah. you can't do the most mundane crap at your office. I agree, but it's also like a basketball game where you have a dude miss a layup or like a bunny and the whole game you uh, you basically should have been smashing his team and they had 40 turnovers and then they, you still let them stay in the game. That's fair. If you, as a former athlete, you're, you're still an athlete, as a former collegiate athlete, could you look your boy in the face? Like, say Corey misses a free throw. I would slap him first off, but second off, no, I couldn't. I mean, that's I, – I agree. Like You he, can't come back from that, right? Yeah, like it's it sucks, and I don't know how old he is. Maybe they'll just cut his ass or – He's like our age. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Like well, mid-20s? Yeah. I don't know, man. This kicker – I almost wish they just didn't have kickers anymore. Like, I, I just – why? It's such a random – like, they don't make sense in the whole scheme of football. Just get rid of the extra point. Make him go for two. Or just give them six points and then just do like that high school coach and do nothing but go for it every four downs and 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 not even punt, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's whatever. I, I hate It does kicks. feel stupid that such a violent, hard-fought game can come down to Blair Walsh getting laces in. Yeah, a dude with your stature, no offense. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> kicking a... Kicking a ball, you know, a football that's shaped like a damn turkey. I don't know. It's weird. But. Hey, shout out to all the schmediums out there, <laughs> yeah. though. Blair Walsh, you keep your head up. But I do, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't look him in the eye, I don't think. As someone that's, like, borderline neurotic and, like, obsessive, if someone that I work with let me down like that, it would be tough. It would be really tough. Well, uh, rest in peace, I'm sure he's... Just getting so much hate Rest mail. Rest in peace, he didn't die. Well, he probably should have, but um, oh, no. I'm just kidding. If it was Argentina in a soccer game, he probably would have gotten murdered. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you're getting beheaded. Next time you think the U.S. is stupid, yeah. Blair Walsh would get beheaded in yeah. South America. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, do we want to segue into just talks about the Bama Clemson Yeah, stay game? on the football field. Yeah. So, Did you bet on this game? Did not bet on it. Ooh, I, I got that Clemson cover. Nice. That was amazing. What that a late touchdown with like 14 seconds. Yeah. Total bullshit. I would be so salty that backdoor otherwise. Cover. But yeah. hey, we've all been burnt enough times that like if you gamble enough and you've been killed by the back door or whatever, yeah. um, I'll take it. No, I agree. Completely. I'm not I'm not apologizing. Gambling, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you get those, sometimes you don't. But um I didn't. I don't really have much to say since I actually didn't get to watch most of the game. I was flying back and I kind of caught it at, in Chicago at a, at a bar for a little bit and watched. You know, saw the stats and kind of looked at some of the articles. But um, that was. I saw a lot of stuff that, that was like the best championship game since Texas USC. Yeah, it was fun. Bama hit a lot of big plays. I was surprised. Um, but Lane Kiffin, a lot of the like down the field stuff where. He's celebrating like before the pass is completed and stuff like that. Um, it was a lot of fun, uh, yeah, to watch. And I've I've read a lot that people are kind of sour on Alabama. They're sick of watching them. You and I, as SEC fans, um, probably a little jaded. Like yeah. I enjoy watching the SEC in any championship game. Um, but I thought it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, I mean Saban is so damn good, and he's also kind of easy to hate. But the only reason I, I don't really hate him, obviously, Coach LSU got us a title, so that's fine. Um, a little salty went to Bama to, to get four more. But uh, did you see Saban's son and that he was the one that was flexing? No. All right, no. so Watson doesn't get that two-point conversion. And a Bama fan on the sideline, you know, wearing the pass, but just wearing jeans and a polo or something, 
like literally gets almost up in his in Watson's face while he's laying on the ground and is flexing and like screaming. Oh, that's and I was like, man, worst. that's a douche. How old is Tur- that kid? Turns out it's Saban's son. Like How that's old? so. I don't even know. He's bald as shit, so he's got to be at least probably like twenty six. Like old enough to know better. Yeah, like you're a grown ass man and you're. Dad's like the head of the football team, and, and you're you don't realize that you're on live TV, and that that's where the cameras are going to be showing. Like, I understand getting extremely excited, but the fact that you like f- like flexed your muscles and screamed in his face, whatever, what a douche. But I do, I'm still kind of mad that Henry got the Heisman over McCaffrey. Like McCaffrey deserved it a little more, in my opinion, and I just think that Alabama's basically shown that they just get a good running back and they get this line that Stephen recruits, and they're just going to automatically get you know. Now obviously, Henry put up legit numbers. I know that, but um, I'm just still not convinced of like also the NFL talent of most of these Bama running backs. So I don't know. I'm, well, in hindsight, it's easy to say because McCaffrey went for a billion yards against the, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. But even before that, like he his his. Total all-purpose yards were insane, and um, Henry obviously had some good stuff too. But I don't know. I don't really care about the Heisman, anyways. Usually, the people oh, you that, clearly care. You brought it up. <laughs> usually, the people that win it, anyways, turn out to be not not that great pros. But um, at least so as of late. Um, but I don't know. What do you? Uh, what did you like about it? I mean, I always like to root for the SEC now as a Missouri grad, as a guy that has some stake in the conference. Um, I was really interested by Clemson. I've Kind of, I mean, since we've been alive, Clemson hasn't won a national championship. I've always kind of wondered the ceiling of that program. They have to compete with South Carolina for a lot of their local talent. So I thought that's interesting. Um, I think it's exciting, though. I just think the playoff is so awesome. That buzz hasn't worn off yet for me um, to see four teams go at it and have a chance and and kind of have the longer anticipation. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Obviously, the backdoor cover um, helps my like You're judgment about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, my view of the game. But uh, I thought it was great. I just think the playoff is so much better than the BCS. I don't care who's in it. I don't really even care who wins. Um, I just think it's so much better that I'm still on a high enjoying that. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I really want it still to go to eight or six, but maybe that'll happen in a few years. But um, it was a. Uh, Another successful, you know, playoff where you. I mean, I feel like Bama was the best team in the country, and they kind of showed that by winning those games. It's crazy to me that Ole Miss beat Alabama, <laughs> Memphis beat Ole Miss. You know, Navy they beat Memphis. Yeah, like there's just. Uh, I do agree with the cliche that there's more parity in college sports now than there ever has been before. Even though Bama, as a dynasty, kind of goes against that, I feel like. Uh, I feel like the skill level is kind of evening out across the field, and that's uh, that's cool to watch. Yeah, like a bunch of like middle-of-the-pack teams and stuff, yeah. Um, I agree. We're not going to say anything revolutionary about Jeff Green on this podcast. <laughs> we will kind of backtrack a little bit. A year ago, the Grizzlies traded for Jeff Green. You and I both really, really, really liked that move. Yes, I was, I was so hyped when we got him. Jeff I mean, Green for Tayshawn Prince and a first rounder. Yeah, pick. protected first rounder. I mean, this dude was averaging 20 points a game on a bad team. So you thought, you know, he's the perfect piece. You plug him in. He's your fourth option. And we just need that scoring wing. And it didn't work. I mean, it it sucks. But, I mean, it's I, – I like, like, that's one of the moves. I, I've, I've liked all of our, like, most of our free agent and, and most of our trading deals. Like, I thought that was a win and probably still is depending on where the pick, you know, goes to but man that just sucks just watching him score 10 a game and actually make us worse when he's on the floor on offense i uh 
I liked the move. I didn't love the move, and I thought that Grizzlies fans and even some media overblew it as a win because I, Jeff Green's one of those guys that he's a known commodity in the NBA. People know of him, but when you really think about Jeff Green, can you tell me that you had watched a lot of Jeff Green before the Grizzlies got him? Not really. I mean, I remember watching him on the Celtics, I guess, the, was he on the year before, too, where, you know, he was a good scorer on just a bad team. He was never really on a team that was in the limelight. He was on the Thunder before they were the Darlings. Yep. He was on the, Th- the Celtics, you know, between the, the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett era, and then kind of now what Brad Stevens is doing. I feel like he, he was kind of something of a mystery, and it worried me that I thought the Grizzlies needed a catch-and-shoot guy that could move the ball and play defense. I wanted them to get Wilson Chandler or Nick Batum or someone like that yeah. or Lou Dang even before they got Jeff Green. But I liked Jeff Green just because of what Jeff Green was, an athlete that could run, uh, that could allegedly hit corner threes. <laughs> it's a disaster now. Um, he is averaging 10.4 points per game. He's shooting 40% from the field, which is horrible for a guy his size. 26% from three. Uh, he's barely rebounding. Four and a half rebounds a game in 29 minutes played. He's basically having the worst year that he's ever had in the NBA. Uh, kind of since his rookie season. Probably the worst year he's ever had in the NBA. And he's in a contract year, so obviously it's not good for Jeff Green. Um, last night he was benched in the second half. And it's clear now that it's at the point of no return. Things aren't going to get better for Jeff. They're not going to get... Better for the Grizzlies by playing Jeff. What would you do though if you're if you're the Grizzlies? Yeah, like I, I don't even. Who's know. gonna trade for him in a contract year playing the worst ball of his life? Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, what team? Who wants him? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like his contracts uh, up after this year, and so he's he's got to be mad too because he's playing terrible in a contract year, and it's. But I mean, he's still getting paid obviously millions of what nine million this year, but. Um, I'm sure he probably wants to be traded at this point. He just, he just, it just doesn't work, and for whatever reason, he he just doesn't work on the team. So um, it's time to move on, and and hopefully maybe we can get some kind of asset or a pick. But who's gonna trade a first round pick for him right now? Nobody. I would I would take like a fringe roster guy and a second round pick for Jeff Green. I don't on a good contract or something. Yeah, I don't disagree yeah. with that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, let's just get Quincy back. I would take... I'm just kidding. I just want to see you get super pissed. No, thank you. Did you see he's out for the year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he deserves to be out forever. But Oh, um, God. I didn't say that. Uh, would you trade Jeff Green for Mirza Teletovic yes. and a second round pick? I would trade Jeff Green and eight first round picks for Mirza. So there's, there's a lot of intriguing guys that, um, that they might be able to come off of. Would you trade Jeff Green for Myers Leonard straight up? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's strokes. some. You could do some interesting things if you can convince a team to take him. Just some more Jeff Green numbers: 98 offensive rating, not good. 107 defensive rating, really not good. Uh, some of the worst numbers of his entire career: 11.1 PER, his worst since his rookie season, which is bad. Like that's a below average PER. Yeah, that's that's pathetic. He, he's basically a bad player. Like the, he looks amazing in a basketball uniform. You'd think that he'd be an all star. He's not good. Yeah. There's no metric to suggest he's good. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, you know, we've been spoiled. We were watching a team years ago that could barely get to 20 wins, 
every year, and now we're watching uh, a team that's still going to probably make the playoffs. But, I mean, at this point, I just really don't even enjoy watching them play. And, the, and um, you know, you have to draft well. You have to get lucky. you got to have a good coach, get some good free agent signings work out. And we, we just hit on a couple of those. We haven't hit on all of them. So, I mean, I know we're playoff bound, but like I said, I think I've said this before, but it feels like we're in that weird pur purgatory, and it's you're a 500 team, but you're not good enough to compete. You know, it just sucks, but um, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. Would you, I guess, you know what, I'm going to wait till we get into our next segment, because you kind of floated this to me. Explain to the people what you want to do now. As we hear my dog kind of, she Callie's just weighing in in the background. She's uh, really sad about Jeff Green not being that good. As yeah, well. she. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this. I guess maybe over the weekend, and I don't know what made me think of it, but I want. We're always trying to have new ideas. Yeah, just I wanted to float an idea where at the end of the podcast or the start, whatever we do, I like either one of us gives each other a fake headline, and we just talk about if this is true. Would you like to see it happen? Could it actually happen? Blah, blah, blah. So it was just something I thought of, and I feel like it'll be pretty good for, you know, Grizzlies, anything sports, basically, or even entertainment. Yeah, hit me then. Let's go. All right. I think I saw this on a fan, fan like blog or something with Sports Nation, SB Nation or something, but this is assuming we're in the offseason next year. Memphis Grizzlies signed Evan Fournier to three-year $45 million deal. Oh, yeah, I would definitely believe that. I... The only reason I wouldn't believe that is because he will probably get more than that. 45, like probably like his basement, right? Yeah. No, I, I was just, I think then they're going to be a, you know, he's going to get paid. He's playing really awesome. I've been team. about Fournier. You did not like Fournier on the Nuggets. Yeah. I've been about that Fournier life. He's, he was weird to me, but watching him play a few times this year, I've been impressed. And he's that perfect scoring wing. I think he's only 24 right now or something. So even if you have to give him a couple, like four years, I'm not opposed to that either. But He's going to get paid, and then also, like, the, the reason it's not a bad contract, obviously it'd probably be higher, but he's a, uh, he's, uh, what do you call it, he's, uh, he's a young scoring wing, and the tax tax numbers are going way up, so $45 million is really not that much anymore. I think he's flawed as a player. There's some things I don't love about him. Not a great passer, kind of streaky defender, turns the effort on and off, but yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would say that's a real headline. Let me throw one at you. Okay. Grizzlies let Mike Conley walk in free agency and sign Mario Chalmers to a three-year, $45 million contract. Go three forty-five. I would probably renounce my Grizz fandom. Wow, really? Yeah, like, so 45, I mean, what is Mike going to get, 25? Or, like, is that the max? Like, he might get 20 or 20, uh, 20 and change? I, don't, I honestly have no idea what Mike Conley is going to get. In it, he's He's been pretty bad this year, to be honest, too. He's been, like, uh, not, not as quite as bad as his rookie year but he's been pretty dang bad on his splits and stuff and I, I don't know man it's been half the season now almost so it's kind of like you wouldn't buy that headline let's get yeah. let's get to the headline you wouldn't no buy that. no I well if I did buy that headline I would also buy um some some kerosene to burn all my grizzly <laughs> stuff all righty I guess I'm surprised at that I um who I would do one it. more for I wouldn't hate it. I I think Chalmers is acquitting himself very nicely as Conley continues yeah. to miss games. Like he's keeping them competitive. He's not the problem. Yeah. No, I'm not I like I like uh, Chalmers. I think yeah, he will get paid. 
um, you know, upwards of definitely double digit millions per year, but I don't know, I just don't, there's no way you can sign him being like, alright, he's our, he's our piece of the future, or unless they do that to get like, and Evan Fournier as well. Like you can't squeeze him. Oh yeah, I mean you're not like building around Mario Chalmers. Yeah. But I think I think if he's your point guard, I mean he has been a, a starting point guard on a on a championship level team. Um, I think the the main hang up with that is I don't know what Marcus Gasol would do if they let Mike Conley walk. Maybe there's a scenario where you can kind of make him understand and <laughs> and he you know with the numbers and kind of where the Grizzlies want to go, but. Uh, those two connected, attached at the hip, and uh, yeah, that that would be the hardest part of that to me. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think that he would be like so mad, like just like I don't even like well, like not maybe Hodor from like Game of Thrones, like just really pissed off, big dude. Um, <laughs> we'll go with Hodor. I like that Hodor. <laughs> like yeah, because they're boys, and I I want Mike back, but it's pretty clear that um, we need to shuffle some stuff up. There's no evidence that Mike Conley can make it through an NBA season without getting hurt. That's true, too. I mean, he's a small dude. You, you, you can relate with that. But yep, team's medium. <laughs> but, no, he's uh, he's, he's gotten – like, he was – he was really, like – he was almost – he used to be underrated, and now he's almost starting to flirt with overrated, like, especially what he might get paid. But I think he's still a solid point guard, top ten point guard in the league. But, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. And I really just want to see – when's the trade deadline, like – about a month, a month, yeah. a month, yeah. Maybe we'll see what happens with Jeff, or if we do. I guarantee Cebo. you. Look, I know the Grizzlies. Even after Jeff opted in last year over the summer, they were still trying to move him. Yeah. They were looking at Danilo Gallinari and a couple of other pieces. Uh, I I would be kind of surprised if they don't trade Jeff Green, and I don't think that that's all they're going to do with Jeff Green, Matt Barnes, Courtney Lee, Mario Chalmers. All those expirings, you gotta get something for nothing at some point. One yeah. of those, one of those contracts. Yeah, and I, I think you got you got some decent pieces. I mean, a team would love Courtney Lee for a playoff push, or a team would love maybe seeing if Jeff Green can get back what he had in Boston. But um, also, I think we have, we have a ton of money coming up, like thirty mil or something, right? Because you know, Vince yeah, is unguaranteed. Money. But then so they gotta they gotta presumably have to give it to Mike. Yeah, yeah. a decent amount to Mike, but. Um, we'll see what happens, and I think Zebo's a contract year next year, so that's, the contracts are set up pretty well um, for the future too. In case we do want to tank, but I do, I'm I'm almost getting to the point where I want to blow it all up. Fire Chris Wallace, um, keep Jaeger. I love Jaeger. I think he's a great coach. I don't I don't understand it. We just need to draft better and see if we can get lucky and kind of do what Golden State did with just a bunch of lottery picks and um, and a few good trades. Anything else you got? Uh, I was gonna shoot another one at you. Oh, some, I was gonna say we're gonna sign Hamed Adadi, but he's he's uh he probably his I'm visa's all gone. about Hamed Adadi. His visa's gone. He can't play in the NBA. He I'm is. pretty sure. Uh, I was watching the Jordan Crawford. You know, he scored oh, like yeah. 73. We could use him. I think no, 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 not Jordan Crawford. I think he plays with Hamed Adadi. Oh, you like? I tried us. to. Yeah, like I watched the highlights and I couldn't find. It's China, right? I couldn't like find the roster, but I'm pretty sure Hadadi plays with Jordan Crawford. Yeah. So, shout out Hamed Adadi and shout out 152 at 3 a.m. on a Saturday. Just and shout it. out Corey. Yeah. AKA <laughs> Mr. IGN, AKA Mr. Tonsil Hockey. Yeah. I, uh, here's one last one just to end on. Grizzlies give Jimmer for that 10 day contract. Why not? Mike's hurt? Because he's terrible. That's nope. why not. Because right. he's not good at basketball. All right, we're done.
All right. That's all for Block Party Podcast. We'll see you later this week. NFL best bets. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some Grizzlies drama comes up. We will see you then.